This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland, as we start to come to a close on our hot stove shows. Only a couple left before we'll be joining you from Goodyear, Arizona, and Indian Spring Training. So that's certainly something to look forward to as we get deeper into the month of February. But for right now, as you know, this weekend, if you're tuned in here in Northeast Ohio, uh, we are back in the throes of winter after a little break earlier this week. And, uh, well, again, you think warm thoughts, you think spring training baseball on the radio. Two weeks from today, if you are tuned to this show on Saturday, we will have our first broadcast of the exhibition season. The Indians taking on the Cincinnati Reds in Goodyear, Arizona, a 3.05 first pitch, and we'll have it all for you right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network, so certainly looking forward to that. Coming up on this week's show, a little bit later on, we will hear from uh, Sandy Alomar Jr. He was honored earlier this week at the annual Cleveland Sports Awards, and uh, just a great annual event, and uh, Sandy was given the Lifetime Achievement Award for 20 years in the Indians organization, a tremendous career as a player with some tremendous and uh, thrilling moments as the Indians catcher for those great teams in the 90s. And then, of course, Sandy now, the Indians' first base coach, who does such a great job working with the catchers and also uh, base runners, too, helping uh, Rajay Davis lead the league in steals a couple of years back. Uh, gave a lot of credit to Sandy Alomar Jr. So we'll hear from Sandy on the night of the sports awards. That was this past Wednesday night. He stopped by and joined Nick Camino and Mike Snyder on uh, their show, and uh, we'll hear that interview. A lot of fun with a special guest popping in on that as well. So stay tuned for that in the second half of the show. In just a little bit on our first half of the show, Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio will join us with some of his thoughts and memories of the great and now late Frank Robinson, the Hall of Famer, and uh, really a groundbreaker in terms of race relations in baseball. He became the first African-American manager for the Cleveland Indians as their player manager back in 1975. And Bobby D with some great stories to share with us as we take a look back at uh, the great career 
and Baseball Life of Frank Robinson, who passed away earlier this week. But first, the news of the week, and as I'm sure you know by now, uh, not the best of news on the injury front for the Indians by any means. As Francisco Lindor, it was announced earlier this week, has suffered a right calf strain. He was training down in Orlando, Florida, where that's been his spot uh, the last several years. He goes home to um, not Puerto Rico, but uh, his new home when he came over in high school in the Orlando area, uh, right near his high school, uh, Montverde Academy, and uh, he gets it done in the offseason, folks, working as hard as, as anybody in the game to be prepared to play every day during the regular season, and he suffered a right calf strain. Here's the release put out by the Indians' medical staff. Francisco Lindor recently sustained a right calf strain while preparing for spring training down in Orlando, Florida. He was evaluated this past Wednesday at the Cleveland Clinic by Dr. Mark Schickendance, who confirmed a moderate calf strain. Francisco has started his rehab and will be evaluated daily this spring, and he's expected to return to Major League game activity in seven to nine weeks from his Wednesday evaluation. So that's a statement by the Tribe. What's seven to nine weeks? right around opening day on the back end the nine weekend a little bit after that so there is a chance he could be ready for opening day but as we have seen uh, with injury issues in the past for the indians uh, i think a good example maybe michael brantley uh, terry francona and the training staff has always said that that is a, a not a deadline that they want to get into opening day there's no reason to make it one they just want the player to be back and able to play at full strength once they do come back, and I think Brantley a year ago, coming back from the shoulder issue, um, or excuse me, the ankle issue, uh, really showed that that is not a factor. He started his season a week late, but then was very durable once the season began, and uh, that proved to be the way to go. So I think uh, we have seen in the past the Indians medical staff has, has never been in a rush to get anyone back. They want to make sure when they do come back they can play on a regular basis, and I'm sure that will be the case with Francisco Lindor. Uh, one of the other things to keep in mind, who fills in for him while he's gone? And if they're just spring training games, not a big deal. You just fill that gap. But it's a great opportunity for a player such as, in the system, a young shortstop named Yu Chang, who has very steadily worked his way up the minor league ladder. And I think the Indians were looking to give him a chance this year. In fact, they had actually moved him to third base in the Arizona Fall League last season to try and learn that position because Lindor blocks his path to the major leagues. Last year at AAA Columbus, hit two fifty six with 13 home runs and 62 runs driven in after a 24-home run season with AA Akron back in 2017. There is some pop there for a young man who, who goes about 6'1", almost 200 pounds. They like his glove, does nice glove work. Uh, last year, a dozen errors in 127 games, so not too bad there, and they feel a, a very strong arm for Yu Chang. So I'm sure we'll see a lot of him in spring training. Uh, some of the others to keep an eye on, um, Max Moroff, a young man that was acquired uh, from the, the Pittsburgh Pirates in an offseason deal. Maybe if it's something that lingers with Lindor on into the regular season, maybe the Indians put Jose Ramirez back at shortstop. He was their starting shortstop before Lindor showed, showed up on the scene. And um, 
did a, a decent job there. So that's a possibility, too. There are some other veteran free agents that have been signed that will be in camp, uh, notably Ryan Flaherty, who was signed earlier this week. So uh, there are some options there. And, again, uh, I think the probably for fans, and, and certainly this went through my mind when, when you heard right calf strain, oh, man, is this going to be similar to what happened with Lonnie Chisenhall? And uh, Jason Kipnis had a, a calf issue back in 2017. Is it something along those lines? Hopefully not. Uh, obviously, every player is different in how they respond to treatment and respond to an injury. And this is really the first time that we've seen an injury for Francisco Lindor, so we'll see how he responds. And uh, you know the Indians' medical and rehab staff has always done some great work with so many different players over the years, and uh, they'll be at it again with Lindor in hopes that he can be ready as soon as possible, if not by opening day, then certainly uh, shortly thereafter. As uh, He's such a big key to, to what's going on here in Cleveland and their hopes for another postseason appearance. So there it is, our update on Lindor, uh, seven to nine weeks, uh, which puts him right around opening day, a little bit past that if it's on the, on the long end. A mild calf strain uh, sustained training down in Orlando, Florida earlier this week. All right, stay with us. When we come back, we will hear from Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio with some great memories of Frank Robinson, the Hall of Famer, passed away earlier this week. And Bobby D will fill us in with some good stuff when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field Tribe Talk rolling on on a Saturday afternoon. And, uh, of course, you can hear this in podcast form, so you may be listening to this at any point in time if you do that. But uh, we do make it available on iTunes, Apple iTunes. Just go to the uh, Cleveland Clinic podcast page, and uh, they have all kinds of good stuff there, including our Tribe Talk show on a weekly basis. Well, sad news earlier this week. Frank Robinson, the Hall of Fame outfielder, passed away uh, earlier this week at uh, the age of 83, and what a baseball career. I mean, you talk about checking a lot of boxes on what makes him one of the greats of the game. Uh, A tremendous playing career, most valuable player awards in both leagues for the Reds and for the Orioles. A triple crown season when he played for Cincinnati, and he also managed 16 seasons in the major leagues, the first of which was with the Cleveland Indians as a player-manager becoming the first African-American manager in Major League Baseball history. Just a tremendous career for Frank Robinson, who again passed away earlier this week, and uh, certainly someone who got to know him very well over the years. Indians Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio and uh, myself and Bobby D were traveling around the state to different radio affiliates earlier this week when we heard the news, so uh, we stopped the car and uh, did some reminiscing about just a tremendous career for one of the greats of the game, Frank Robinson. Well, no question it was sad news, a sad day on Thursday when a baseball legend passed on. You know, Frank could be uh, considered on the Mount Rushmore of the all-time greats in the history of the game of baseball. Once you look at his uh, credentials, as you mentioned, uh, you know, MVP in both leagues, triple crown, uh, uh, the homers and ribbies just shy of 600 and um, 3,000. Just, just one of the best uh, all-around players in the game. In that April 
uh, 8th of 1975. He did not want to put himself in the lineup as the player manager of the Cleveland Indians. He just was felt odd about it and was talked into it, saying, hey, this is your day. Let's make something out of it very special. Put your name in the lineup. So he ended up inking his name as the designated hitter into the lineup. And uh, as the story goes, as he loves to tell it, that Doc Medich uh, throwing him sliders low and away and got to an 0-2 count, and all of a sudden that competitive fire that Frank was known for, all of a sudden he's like, this guy's trying to embarrass me, embarrass me on my day. This is my day. Next thing you know, he hits a home run in his first at bat as a the first African-American manager in the history of baseball. And, you know, that just symbolizes, uh, you know, what a great Hall of Fame talent can do rising to the occasion when he thought, okay, this guy's trying to show me up. And I'm not going to let it happen. And when you look at, at his competitiveness that you just mentioned, that carried over to him as a manager. And I know you, you have some great stories about other managers in Indians history who worked with him at various points in times and the examples of that competitiveness coming out. Talked to Dwayne Kuyper, the captain, when Dave Garcia was our manager. Rick Manning, who was a rookie for uh, when Frank in 1975, they talk about the one thing that he imparted uh, on his players, and they just absolutely adored Frank as their manager, loved playing for him, was uh, he imparted the aspect of toughness. Uh, he was obviously a tough, intense competitor, and uh, he imparted that to the players that he uh, managed. Uh, slide hard into second base, come to the ballpark with an intensity to beat your opponent each and every day, and the guys just absolutely love playing for him. I remember a, a story, Dave Garcia, who was Frank's third base coach and ended up being our skipper, of course, Jeff Torborg in between the two. Um, Davies at third base. We're at bat, of course. Uh, Frank comes out onto the field and gets tossed, arguing about something. And, and normally, Dave would tell you the story that when Frank came out on the field and got tossed, he might say a couple words afterwards, but he would retreat, knowing that, okay, I got tossed. Time for me to get back in the dugout, get to the clubhouse. But on this occasion, He's arguing and arguing, and, and Davey's thinking to himself, what's up? You know, Frank normally gets his say and then goes away, and all of a sudden Davey realizes while he's yelling at the umpire, he's giving Davey signs because he wasn't allowed to talk to anybody else on the field after you get kicked out. Um, he's giving Davey signs as to what he wants to happen with the guy at the plate and the next hitter, how he wanted the rest of that inning to unfold with the next few batters. And Davey Garcia said he was one of the smartest baseball men that he ever met. Indian Senior Vice President Bob DiBiasio joining us, remembering Frank Robinson. And, and gosh, he can't control these things, but uh, it looks very fortuitous now that the Indians were able to retire his number two years ago. Um, what does that mean now when you look back on it to that he was alive when that happened and could take part in that. Well, it gives you a smile when you, you think about the unfortunate passing of a baseball legend, 
but the last time you interacted with him was at a very happy moment, a, a celebratory moment, a memorable moment uh, in his life where we, uh, you know, unveiled a statue in his honor, uh, retired his uniform number, uh, had a wonderful, wonderful day at Progressive Field with he and his family and Hank Aaron and Don Buford and uh, other baseball people. And um, so you think back that all right, you put a great smile on this man's face uh, later in life, and so that's how we'll remember him um, with a smile on our face. And to close, you mentioned Mount Rushmore. He played at a time when Hank Aaron, Willie Mays were at the height, so popular, so well-known, and maybe, I don't know, maybe Frank Robinson didn't quite gain the notoriety, but then you look back at those years with the Reds and the Orioles, my goodness, he accomplished a lot as a player. Unbelievable. I mean, remarkable. People who are listening, go to baseball-reference.com. Baseball-reference.com. Just click on Frank Robinson, type in his name, and then look at in a remarkable career, uh, just statistically, that he achieved. And then becoming the first African-American manager uh, and all that that entailed. Sometime during that game, he goes into Earl Weaver's, the manager of the Orioles' office in the visiting clubhouse, writes a note saying, I'm sorry, I embarrassed you, I embarrassed my teammates, I will never, ever do it again, and put two, $300 on top of the note to find himself. Uh, so after the game, Earl comes walking into his office, and there's a note, and Jim Palmer says, that, to me, was the epitome of what a great teammate and a great baseball man Frank Robinson was. Great stuff, Bob BD. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Rosie. And indeed, what a great career for Frank Robinson passing away earlier this week at the age of 83. And thanks, as always, to Bobby D for that great perspective and good stories about one of the greats of the game. Stay tuned. When we come back, one of the greats to uh, wear an Indian's uniform, certainly uh, one of their all-time top catchers, Sandy Alomar Jr. We'll hear his thoughts after being named to a Lifetime Achievement Award by the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission on uh, their great night, the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards dinner earlier this week. We'll hear from Sandy when we come back after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland on another cold winter weekend in northeast Ohio. And uh, not too far from here, just down the street at the Renaissance Cleveland Hotel Grand Ballroom Wednesday night. It was the 19th annual Greater Cleveland Sports Awards, a tremendous event every year. And uh, this year, presented with the Lifetime Achievement Award, one of the great Cleveland Indians, Sandy Alomar Jr. And uh, it was a great night for the Indians catcher. Former catcher, great part of those uh, mid-90s teams. Uh, who will forget the 1997 season for Sandy as uh, it all came together for him. Uh, was the most valuable player at the All-Star game that year. Hit the home run late. Also the, the huge home run in Game 4 of the ALDS against the Yankees and Mariano Rivera uh, to tie that game. The great Mariano gave up a home run and uh, Sandy tied it. They won it later and ended up winning the series and it was all part of a great run to the World Series for that year's team. And now he's really settled in and done some great work as the Indians' first base coach. 20 years now in a Cleveland Indians uniform. And uh, down at the Sports Awards on Wednesday night, 
Our good buddy Nick Camino is hosting his show on our flagship station on the radio network, WTAM, along with sports director Mike Snyder. And Sandy stopped by with a special guest, and uh, I'm guessing you know who that might be as uh, it turned into a great time. And uh, let's listen in and uh, relive uh, a good couple of moments uh, at the Sports Awards on Wednesday night with Sandy Alomar, Jr. Still backstage here at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards, downtown Cleveland at the Renaissance Cleveland Hotel, and we are here with the Lifetime Achievement Award winner, Sandy Alomar. Mike, it's great to see you, Sandy. We, we always run into you during baseball season, but it's great to see you here. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. What was th- this like for you, not just tonight, but when you got the call that this would be happening and that you were going to be honored, and then obviously tonight, too? What, what was this all like for you? When, when, I, when I received the call that... Uh, they wanted to award me the uh, lifetime achievement for this year. I was like, uh, "Come on, man! Seriously, are you serious? You know how many people are here that are deserving of this?" I was proud, man. I was I was very proud, humble that uh, the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission gave me the opportunity to be in that group. Yeah. And uh, this is not just about one moment. It's about uh, an abundance of moments or a collage of moments. They played together with the collaboration with many players and coaches and, and the fans that supported me 100%. You know, Sandy, it's been quite a journey. I, I remember doing an interview with you. At, we were out in Tucson still. I don't know, what was that, the, the Bayou Suites Hotel? You and you and Carlos, whatever it was. I remember that. Yeah, that was a long that. time ago. We sit in the middle of the uh, uh, the middle of the lobby. Yes. And, and they have like, kind of like a, 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 other rooms were exposed. To, so everybody stood in, their, in the balcony and can, can watch interviews and uh, oh, okay. get to enjoy the players. I remember, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans stay in that hotel. It was a kind of fun hotel to stay in. But you guys, and you talk about that, that was very early. That was like your your rookie year, right? That's correct. And you then got it. You and Carlos got it, reaching out to the, the fans. You were you were really trying to, to get out to the community because this baseball was down in this town when you came here. It's, it's a, it, it has to be when you're going to do you got to care, man. You That's one of the things, one of those, the uh, one of those attributes that I learned from my family say, when you do something, do it with care. Because if you care, all the, all the values are going to come out. If you fail when you care, then you're going to have determination because you care. Mm. If you don't care, then, you know, you might go down and never come out of that hole. But we wanted to make a difference in Cleveland. I mean, what, going to the, to the, the Mets or another team, I, I can see why, you know, big cities like that is attractive to athletes. But it was a perfect opportunity for us to come to, to a city that needed a change. We came here. Uh, we were able to uh, bring our families here, live here, and make a difference, and everything went from there. What has it been about Cleveland, though, that has kept you here? Obviously, you're employed by the Indians still, you're, you're a coach, but, I mean, what has it been about this place that has remained so special that, you know, you've made your home here, and I know, you know, you, you live here a lot of the year. I mean, what has it been about this that, that's made it so special for you? Now, to me, the opportunity they gave me, the opportunity to win, I left. I left Cleveland. I went out for, yeah, you know, right. what about seven, eight years? I went for seven years. Yeah. Never saw a postseason. Never once saw a postseason. Mm-hmm. I was. I'm here in Cleveland. Out of 20 years that I've been here, nine years I've been postseason. Wow. And I and I mean that's between a coach and and a player. And I say it says a lot about the city of Cleveland. It says about about the organization that we're working for. Uh, they try hard, even though they don't have the resources other other organizations have. They really try hard and they plan well. 
Speaking of that, Sandy, how do you feel about the team? The spring training just around the corner. What What are your thoughts? There's been yeah, the resources you touched on it. They've had to restructure well, some things. Yeah, they restructure some things. I don't think you have to do just entirely about money. You have to do with sometimes selling high and trying to keep that window open. So because when you trade, this is exactly how we got here. Carlos Barriga and myself. I know we were in a rebuild mode when mm-hmm. I, we came here. When we came here, but people that they trade for here, if we, if we trade one of the biggest stars, they're gonna get good pieces. It's not gonna be. Uh, it's going to be a can't miss prospect. Let's put it that way, or two can't miss prospects. So, uh, not some, some kids we've never heard of in single no, life. No, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're not gonna just going to throw away a uh, $17 million pitcher that's been side young two times. It's crazy. You know, like, they, they will not do something like that. But sometimes change is needed. I mean, I didn't, I'm, not, I'm not opposed. Like I say, I, we came here in the same situation. Not saying that, uh, you know, it's going to be easy, but. I think that they, they, all they're trying to do, I, I believe, is trying to uh, stretch that window, the winning opportunity, that if we miss this year or the next year, at least the next three years, we don't have to rebuild. Mm-hmm. You sell high. And the pitching is strong, and you've got guys like Lindor, Ramirez, some young, some new young guys. What mean, a, and you work with the catchers. A, a lot on Roberto Perez this year. Talk about Roberto what, Perez is, is a professional catcher. That kid. I mean, uh, we sometimes we focus too much on the offense that we forget about the defensive skills this kid has. Uh, he never, you know, Roberto Perez is going to get the opportunity to now to show that he can hit. If he had 240, 250 with, let's say, 7, 10 home run, and he catches the way he catches and, uh, and take a staff to the World Series, nobody's going to care about if he hit 220 or 240. All they care about going to the World Series and carry that staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly right. And to have Sandy Alomar here, he's the Lifetime Achievement Award winner here at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. Just being here with Sandy, it's it, it's so cool. I know we'll see you in spring training by next week. When are you heading out? When you heading out well, i got to go back home. I, I, I leave my my home is in Dallas. Okay. going to fly back tomorrow. I'll be getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going towards that direction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and uh, then... Uh, Pick up my stuff and they head out uh, Friday or Saturday to spring training. Uh oh. Uh oh. Now we might Uh-oh. have some Carlos tough questions here. Carlos Baerga. Carlos Basil's in the house. Hey, Carlos, as you said, I'm welcome, by the way. But I mentioned to Sandy that years ago when you guys, I think it was your rookie year, yeah. you guys took over my show at that Arizona hotel. I can't yeah, think of it. Remember? The Vice Count. There it is. There it is. The Vice Count. This guy has a telegraphic memory. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Vic, they took <laughs> over. The Vice Count. The Vice Count. I think you guys had a game somewhere and you came back and, and I just sat back. You, you guys did like two hours. Well, you know, we, 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 we bone for that. You know, for that moment. In that. No, Carlos is unbelievable. He has a telegraphic memory. He remembers everything, and uh, the passion that he has, man, is unbelievable. You, you got to remember, this guy had 200 hits, uh, two <laughs> years, three years. That's that's hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like even if you get 700 out bat, 200 hits are hard. Yeah, this and, guy, but but this guy, I watching, I play with him in AAA, and I play with him my first year. Is he wasn't because he got hurt, his knee and his back, he was gonna be one of the best catching hitters in okay. the game. I appreciate that, Carlos, so much. Yeah. <laughs> Carlos, he gets the Lifetime Achievement Award here, Sandy yes. Alomar. When, when he's up there tonight and you're seeing him and, and he's coming back to get this type of award here, Cleveland still loves him so much. What do you think it is about Sandy that makes him so special to not only you players but even the he's fans? He's a humble guy. He never want to be the man. He always was like that. He always said, no, no, no. He always <laughs> said, no, no, no. But he was the man. This guy started the game after the game. You know, he don't care if he hit, if we lost the game. 
he don't throw out that guy to get it out in second base. You know, he care. When you care, that's what his father teaches. You have to care. When you care, no matter if you get two hits or a home run to win a game, but if we lost, you know, you're going to go down like, man, we lost that game, we should have win. And that's the kind of attitude you have to have to be a winner, to play for a long time, and to be, you know, a player, to be in the Hall of Fame representing the Cleveland Indians like Sandy did. Sandy, you know, when, uh, when, when, when Mariano Rivera got into the hall recently, yes. I got out the highlight of your home run. I got chills. Yeah. That was one of the most amazing moments, I think, um, for any yes. Cleveland sports fan when you hit that home run. That I, I was so wow. Like, when Mariano came in in eighth inning. He was untouchable that year. And I, and I have success against Mariano in the regular season. I mean, my numbers are good. It's not like uh, I don't know where I showed up and – yeah, I, I I could see his ball better than I don't know if my plan was better. I would like to look up and away against him instead of looking middle down because his ball kind of tends to stay at the same level. It doesn't go down. So those are the things that Carlos was talking about. We look at video. I mean, before you know the information and the data we got before it was so hard to gather because nothing was instantly. Now you just like you get an iPad, they send you everything <laughs> to an email, yeah, yeah, and you get yeah. all this data. And if you're not prepared now. You got a problem. You got a major problem. <laughs> you get to the ballpark, you have the pitcher throwing the last game that he, yep. he pitched against you. Wow. And the last day that he pitched against any team, you know, in that, in that week, in yep. they're so easier now, you know, to have, you know, the opportunity to be, be a good hitter in the big leagues. Guys, we appreciate you stopping by. Carlos Bayerga, Sandy Elmar, congratulations on the Lifetime Achievement Award. We ran out of time. Paul Hoynes was telling us about some fight that you had in Cincinnati with Robbie Alomar. You got into it, but we, we didn't have time for it. So. Oh, they always, they always fight. <laughs> They always fight. They, it was. I, it was not. It was not a fight. It was a, a, a disagreement. Argument. Disagreement. There you okay. Argument. I had a disagreement brothers. with my brother. He didn't talk to me for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> brothers. That's yeah. what brothers do. That's yeah. right. Sandy, we appreciate Congratulations. it. Congratulations. So well Sandy Alomar. Uh, well deserved. Our lifetime achievement award you, winner, bro. Carlos Bayerga. Always good to see him. Thank you, fellas. And you, that is Thank you. Mike. Uh, we're going to take a, another brief wow. uh, timeout. What? How about that you Indian know, sandwich you sit right down there? With those two, you 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 feel it. They were talented on the field of course that's where it is but you you can feel it we can talk you, i mean we can talk to them all day and you know why that's so special when you walk around cleveland you say sandy you don't need to add the last name yeah carlos you know that whole group yeah. kenny omar you know, albert you know that group it was a special group and you know we all lament that they didn't win one you know complete world series but i don't think it takes away from that era of enjoyment that we had with those teams. How about Sandy mentioning to us the 20 years he's been in Cleveland as a player and as a coach on the staff? Out of 20 years, he's been in the postseason nine times. He yeah. never went any other organization he to, that he, he was played with. here from nine years, never went to the playoffs, right? Unbelievable. Think Unbelievable. About yeah, thanks to, to Nick Camino and Mike Snyder for uh, their contributions to our show this week. But a uh, good time had by all as uh, Sandy joined by Carlos Bayerga. And uh, whenever he's around, there's fun happening for sure. And a great night for Sandy. And, and I can't tell you what a, a thrill it is to have him around the ball club on a daily basis. He's kind of that bridge to a, a great stretch in Indians history. And uh, the Indians have, have been in a really good stretch here the last six years, really, since Terry Francona took over the team as manager back in 2013 with the four postseason appearances, a trip to the World Series. And Sandy's been a big part of that, too, as a coach now, that second career. And who knows, maybe sometime. Uh, a managing uh, 
opportunity does come open for Sandy Alomar and a team takes a chance on him. Um, and maybe it could happen for him at the major league level. But uh, in the meantime, the Indians are very happy to have him here as their, their first base coach, catching instructor, base running coach as well. Uh, does a lot of things to make this team click and uh, just a really fun person to talk to and, and have around the ball club for sure. Stay with us. When we come back, the Indians have signed some more players this week. We'll run through them and uh, some potential for those players when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Our final segment on this week's show. And uh, hey, if you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter. At Indians Radio is our Twitter address. As uh, we try and bring you updates. i got to be honest. I, I slack on Twitter a little bit and, and don't update it too often. But I'll try and uh, be a little bit better here as we get closer to the start of spring training. Keeping you up to date on uh, what's going on. Broadcast situations, things like that. Especially during the spring when we um, alternate between uh, the radio network and then just a straight webcast. There are a few days where we're dark completely, but the other team might have us covered. So I'll try and keep you up to date on that as we go. Signings for the Indians. Uh, a little more activity now on uh, signing players to mainly minor league contracts, free agents to minor league contracts with those major league invites. That means they are veteran players who could figure in the mix. And uh, it happens every spring. And turns out that uh, quite a few have been very useful players over the years for the Tribe, especially during this stretch where they've been a postseason contender. Earlier this week, the Indians signed free agent infielder Ryan Flaherty. He's 32 now. His best year is coming with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, first six seasons of his career in Baltimore in their organization and uh, really a, more of a super utility player. Uh, he has played all four infield positions, also left field and right field during his career. And again, that could be someone who sees some time at shortstop with the injury to Francisco Lindor, drafted originally by the Cubs out of Vanderbilt. So Ryan Flaherty in the fold for the Indians, as is a veteran catcher. You can never have enough good catching, but uh, Deonor Navarro is in camp or will be in camp for the Tribe, 34 years of age and a veteran of 13 major league seasons with six different teams. He ended the 2016 season on the roster of the Blue Jays when the Indians played Toronto in the American League Championship Series. And um, he has been out of Major League Baseball the past couple of seasons, but back in it here, it's signed with the, the Indians to a minor league contract. Also earlier this week, bolstering the bullpen, the Tribe completed a trade with the Miami Marlins, acquiring right-handed pitcher Nick Whitgren, who was designated for assignment by the Marlins. And uh, that could be a, a really sneaky under-the-radar pickup for the Tribe because last year in 32 major league games with Miami, Whitgren had an ERA of 2.94, averaged a strikeout in inning, and generally looked to be, uh, at least statistics-wise, uh, a very useful player for them, but uh, they did not feel he, he fit in the plans, at least initially this season, so they designated for assignment. He was out there, and the Indians uh, were able to acquire him from the Miami Marlins in exchange for right-handed pitcher Jordan Milbrath, who had been in their minor league system. Also a report last night and uh, yesterday, and, and we have not seen the official announcements on these by the Indians yet, but outfielder Matt Joyce, who we have seen in the past with among others, Detroit, Tampa Bay, the Angels, the Athletics uh, over the years has had uh, some real strong seasons 
in the outfield and at uh, 34 years of age, a veteran presence in the outfield. It looks like he's in the fold and also not announced yet, but being reported widely. Alex Wilson, a very useful reliever who had pitched last uh, the last three seasons with the Detroit Tigers, ERA right around three most of that time. He has been reportedly signed to a contract by the Tribe as well. So uh, things starting to take shape a little bit as uh, more and more veteran players are signed here by the Indians. And uh, they, all of those that we mentioned today have a chance to make this ball club coming out of spring training. So there it is, our, our wrap-up on the transactions, busy week of transactions for the Indians. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have our final show from Northeast Ohio, originating from Northeast Ohio next weekend. Then we're headed out to Goodyear, Arizona, and Indian Spring Training. And we'll have our shows from the complex in Goodyear after that for the next several weeks as we get you ready for the 2019 campaign. Thanks, as always, to Brian Matze and Anthony Alford back at our network studios. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.